Welcome to another episode of Off Air with Carmen. My guest today is Chris Tomlin, but I need to set it up for you so you'll know what you're hearing. You're actually going to hear Bill, my morning show partner, Bill, and you're going to hear JR, who you hear on the afternoons at the Joy FM. And we had actually set up a Zoom phone call with Chris just to catch up with him because it had been a really long time. Well, Dave ended up coming down with COVID. He had COVID for a couple of weeks. So Bill and I had invited JR in to do the morning show with us. So I just had JR stay with us. Bill, JR, and I talked to Chris and we talked about the birth of his new daughter, Elle, which I love that name. We talked about Good Friday, which we've not been able to be a part of the Good Friday services the last couple of years with Chris in Nashville. Talked about that. But the main thing that I want you to hear in this particular episode of the podcast, this is the whole conversation, by the way, the whole Zoom conversation, unscripted, not necessarily was ever going to be aired for radio, but just a conversation between friends with Chris Tomlin. But he's going to tell some of our favorite Chris Tomlin stories. And here's something that a lot of folks don't know about Chris. With him being the most sung worship artist of all time, a lot of people just see Chris through a spiritual lens. Chris is actually one of the funniest people you will ever meet, and he knows how to tell a story. So here's our conversation with Chris Tomlin. Okay, Chris, let's start with the new baby. My goodness. So we didn't see this one coming. No, we did not. It, we are in it. We are in it right now. Like with, with, uh, her name is Elle and she is just a, she's precious, but we did not see it coming. That is right. Lauren had, Lauren had mourned the, had that time of giving all the baby clothes to her friends, had cried it out, had a good cry, giving the crib away, giving all the things that we, you know, you do strollers to everybody. And so now we're buying strollers and new cribs and uh, <laughs> and all the all the stuff because yeah. So she's two months old uh, yesterday, and so she so she gave me a gift. Um, and I think it was March, yeah. And it was wrapped and it was this gift, and I opened it and I didn't know. I was like, "Why are you giving me a gift? It's March. I don't even understand what's going on." And I opened it and it was the pregnancy test, and I. And I just, and nothing could, nothing, it, nothing was firing. I couldn't, it, I couldn't get a hold of it. I was like, what is this? And she's like, she just keeps smiling and laughing. She just <laughs> smiling. She just never says a word. Just, just shaking her head and smiling. I was like, what, what? And I was like, what is this? Whose is this? It's definitely not mine. And she's just like smiling and laughing. And then when it hit me, like, oh my gosh, this is really, this is what this means. I remember on the kitchen counter, I put my hands on the counter and I was just like, everything was moving. And I was like, she's like, are you going, are you going down? Are you all right? And I was like, <laughs> are you going I think, I, I, <laughs> I think I might. And, uh, it took me a while to get to like, just get my head in the game of what this was. And, uh, but man, you know, what a, a amazing thing. I found it was a girl and I, when we found it was a girl, I thought, okay, I can do this. I've got two others. I know this world. I know, I know how this goes. So yeah, it's, it's been <laughs> It's been a journey for this past year, for mm. sure. So tell me about the moment that Ashlyn and Madison saw her for the first time. Oh, they just, I mean, Maddie is, my six-year-old is, she's just been talking the whole time up till the, I mean, every day she would go and rub on Lauren's stomach while she was pregnant and just saying, mom, it's going to, you know, I can't, you okay, mom, we got to have this thing. We got to make sure we have this many diapers. We gotta make, she's just like in mom mode, Ashlyn, my oldest 
didn't even know a baby was coming until the baby <laughs> came, basically. And uh, <laughs> she's just like on her own path. But when, when I tell you, it's been fun watching them. When they first saw Elvis, so sweet because you know, it's having a baby during COVID is like the it's about the worst thing you can happen. And because you you can't have them at the hospital or anything, so we were at the hospital for a couple of days, and we came home. They had made all these signs mm. to Baby L, wait, welcome home, Baby L, welcome home, and just it was a weird it was a weird time because I found out that I had COVID. The next day after baby was born. No. And oh uh, yes. And I had, so I had apparently had it for 10 days already. <gasps> and I was, I, so I went and quarantined myself where I am right now above my garage. Yeah. I'm, in my, I'm above my garage right now. So we can at least have some sanity <laughs> of, of talking. We, oh, yes. We've been there. Just, we know exactly where you are. Did you have to stay away from a lot of crying. newborn the first time being quarantined? <laughs> yes. before you, okay. So you couldn't see her for a while. He, well, I'd already held her. I didn't know oh. I had it, and I'd already held her. And I, but then I was like, "Oh my gosh, what if I have I given my baby this? Have I? Yeah, all these things." And then I, so I stayed above the garage for for about five days just to make sure, sure. and make sure because I didn't have any. I, I was I was pretty much past it, but I but I had gotten a test and it came back positive. positive. And it was one of those weird things. Yeah. But so we were just trying to keep the girls away. Yeah. You're trying to distance. You're like, you have this baby. It's just like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And all those kind of things, you know. Um, but it's been sweet because Maddie, like what I was trying to say, get to Maddie, is she's six. She's like the, she she just smothers. We have to, I'm, I mean, she has no boundaries. And so it's, I mean, Elle's going to have PTSD like every time she sees Maddie because it's just like, I mean, she's just like all over her. She cannot, it's just like, oh, whatever. It's just hilarious. We're always having to pull Maddie back. She just wants to hold her, just wants to be there, just wants to be the mom and, uh, mm. and Elle screaming. And it's just <laughs> where did you get, where'd you get her name from? Where'd you get Elle from? You know, I, Lauren, that's Lauren just has loved that name. Has mm. heard it a few times, coached a couple of times and just loved it. And Grace is her middle name. And that's what the girls want to name her. So, oh, I love um, that. Yeah. So Chris, and I know this, a lot of people ask this question, but I'm just curious because I know you'll probably have a very thoughtful answer but I mean, I think the, I think the pandemic taught us a lot. I mean, I think we were all pretty freaked out in the beginning because we didn't. I don't freaked out is probably too strong of a word. We just didn't know what was coming. I know I for one thought, okay, this will be a two or three week thing, and then you know, two weeks turned into a month, into two months, three months. And early on last year, I actually welcomed the slowdown because you know how life can be so crazy and the pace, and you go from one thing to the next. And I really feel like it pulled the families back into the home together. And I really loved that time. I think it also, the Lord, I don't know, the Lord just really reordered some things in my heart and in, in life and my routine. Um, so I, there was a lot of good in 2020. Um, so I'm just curious to hear from your perspective, a 30,000 well, foot view about 2020 from you. Yeah, the good, the good, obviously for me, it was the first time I've ever been home for an entire year yeah. and not, not, you know, thinking I told everybody I was in forced retirement. And uh, that didn't nothing I was looking for. But, you know, we kept thinking, well, surely we'll, the summer festivals will happen. No, nope. well, surely my fall tour will happen. Nope. And surely we'll, we'll maybe by Christmas, maybe we can do the Christmas tour. Nope. And so I was home. The, I've been home the whole year in which the blessing of that has been incredible. But also you realize the what it takes you to as well is when everything's stripped away, the, that stripping away of things is the identity of like who you are. Mm-hmm. 
is that you have this time of sitting with yourself and like, okay, um, am I just a person who is, uh, do I get my identity from being on stage and being in front of people and being mm-hmm. uh, Chris Tomlin or what your home all year and, and just at the house. And so it's a, it's a, it does a great work in you of like, what is what really matters and what's really, what really is important at the end of the day. And I think, what a special thing for us has been church, believe it or mm. not, just home church. Mm-hmm. We we started doing that mm. and we just kind of kept doing it. Uh, obviously having a newborn, we're not, our church is open, but we're not going because we have a, a month old, mm-hmm. but just being at home and just being that like really pouring into my kids about uh, on Sundays, just worship and faith and like having to do that and not relying on this other church to do that, but doing it yourself and really pouring in and, what it, what what that where that takes you and causes you into and what you you realize man this is a good reset for me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and and great great so those are great things that have come for me one of the things really quickly and then you ask him about fly fishing I pointed to Bill and said hey you're we, next and yeah. then I thought of something but I do remember one of the things that was the dagger to the heart we had our flights booked for the Good Friday services like we were on our way we were going to do something fun with the record which we're going to talk about coming up here. How well that's done, but that was to to cancel those flights to Nashville for Good Friday services. Oh, that it was painful yeah. for us. I can only imagine how you felt. Oh, I didn't. I was. Uh, we had our we had our biggest night ever yeah. coming. I mean, it was going to be something special. And I'll tell you this because you'll you got you'll appreciate this, yeah. which no one knows. But um, you know, I do a surprise every year having people on stage. And this year, because that this past year in 2020, the tornadoes have just hit mm-hmm. um, Nashville and and taken out most of a lot of East Nashville. So I thought I'm going to pivot, and all the proceeds are going to go to that. And so I want to make this the biggest thing ever. So I said, can I announce you guys instead of being surprises and just like let's just have the whole place just filled to the rafters. And so I had Florida Georgia Line. And Thomas Rhett, mm. they were going to be, they were going to be my guests, my surprise guests, but they're like, no, put me on the post, put us on the posters. Let's do this. And so we, 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 and as soon as we did that, you know, it's like, it's just like wildfire. And I thought, who could be my guest? You're going to love this. Who could be my guest? So I got a hold of Garth Brooks <gasps> and I said, <laughs> I said, um, Hey, I'm doing this for the tornadoes. And I don't know if you know me. I left a voice text. You love this, Carmen. I was so nervous. I left a voice text. Because I was like, because Tyler from Florida, Georgia yeah, Line, yeah. I was like, he goes, who else would you like to do this with? And I was like, I mean, the dream would be Garth. Garth. He goes, well, here's a cell. Just call him. And I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So I said, okay. So I was like, okay. So I just, so I got my voice text out and I wasn't going to call him. So I just did a voice text. I said, hey, Garth, I don't know if you, I'm, my name's Chris Tomlin. I don't know if you know who I am um, or my music, but. Obviously, I love your music for a long time. Here's what I do is I, I explain the same. I do this thing every year at Bridgestone, Good Friday, and we bring the church together. We have this night of worship, and um, and we, we give the money away every year. And this year, I know you have a real heart for Nashville and have a heart when people, when things go hard for people. I know you raise a lot of money, and this year we're doing it all for the tornado relief. And I thought, I thought, man, it would just be so cool if, uh, if, you, if you might want to do that with me and, uh, and just do a song. 
And I think people would, it would blow people's mind and we could do the dance, we could do the river or whatever. Just me and you on acoustics. We could do friends in low places for good, so, it's good Friday. <laughs> I'm teasing, go ahead. <laughs> well, he was in low places so at least for a day or two. You know? Then he raises after three days, go ahead. Right, you know, it makes total sense, theologically. Thanks. We, uh, I should have, I should have, I should have counseled with you. I should have had a consultation. But anyway, he he texts me, so he texts me back, and in a couple, and uh, a couple like a week later, I get a text from Garth Brooks. I was like, oh uh, this is weird. And so I looked at it, and it said, and it just said, oh, "You'll love this." So that's I, I need Jr. You to call me this from now on. Yep. It said Hoss. Hoss. It Hoss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it said it, it, it said Hoss. Um, I love what you're doing. I love you. Um, and I am there. <gasps> and so we'd love to help out in any way I can. Um, let's get, as it gets closer, let's connect. Wow. And then Ugh. the COVID knocked it all away. So uh, that was, could you imagine? Oh, uh, I would have peed on myself. Like literally, <laughs> I've been to Good Friday services. If Garth had yeah. walked out, I literally would have tinkled. I'm not kidding you. You know I would have. <laughs> oh, my you word. Never, we got to have a do-over. Tomlin, you can make it happen. We got to have a do-over in 2022. So I know. Pray that right? in. Seriously. I know. Um, let's, let's talk about fishing for a few minutes. Okay, yeah. I let's just, uh, do it. Have you, taken any, have you taken Ashland or Madison fishing yet? Are you trying to disciple these girls right <laughs> we have oh yes we haven't done the fly fishing yet but we've been we've done the ponds and they love it i mean we started with this we started we started with the uh elsa uh little uh walmart rigs you know um <laughs> that they love because it's got elsa on it and now we've moved up a little bit and um yeah so we'll you know we do the this probably my favorite thing happened this summer we went to a lake for about four or five days and a friend of ours used their house and we we're at this lake love this and uh, I went and just bought, like, we just go every day and buy at the little bait store and buy the worms. And we would go out and fish. And that's all they wanted to do. Like, there's tubing and all things. That, but they were so, they were so into it that uh, it was so fun. So, yeah, we caught a lot of little, you know, little perch and little bass, stuff like that. But a lot of, that was been really fun. You got to love it. Will you please, please, please. And I know you've told this to our, our listening audience before, but JR has not heard because he doesn't listen to the morning show. <laughs> you have to tell you have to tell your first show in Alabama like you have to yes yes you have to tell it Chris I never get to tell this anymore oh, I never so good. Anymore. and there's like three punchlines and if you forget any of them I'll remind you of them. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's got levels to this yes, it's it got does. levels to this so I'm in college. I'm at Texas A&M University. It's my first concert to have a ticket, plane ticket to go anywhere to play a concert. I've, I've traveled. I've done a youth conferences, little weekends, youth church, but I've never gone on a plane to play a concert. So I'm so excited. It's Talladega, Alabama. First Baptist <laughs> Talladega, Alabama. Now, that doesn't mean anything to me come from Texas A&M, um, but like I am excited. So I, I, I land. The youth pastor picks me up and he's like, man, I'm so excited. We're so excited that you're here. He said, I think we got 500 kids coming. It's going to be amazing. And I, and, I'm not, and I was like, I couldn't believe this. 500, 500 kids are coming to hear me play. That's like unbelievable to me. I can't believe it. He's like, yeah. And he goes, it's incredible. And he goes, now when we get there, he goes, run your sound. He goes, I got one of the girls from our youth group who runs, who runs our sound. She's going to be helping you do the sound. So I was like, okay. So I get there, I get on stage. And it's one of those, if you remember the churches where like the sound is in the, in the balcony, 
and like and so I and the sound person in the balcony and I'm it's a little church and I'm in, I'm up there and I realized quickly she knows she's 14 and she knows nothing about sound and so I'm just like I'm up there just like playing and, and finally she just says hey I'm, I'm just gonna go home I don't know how this works and I was like okay um and my the 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 music he's minister comes up and he says hey man um also I need to tell you one other thing um I just hope the I'm just hoping the music minister doesn't come to this to he he said this, he he hates your kind of music and I was like okay and uh and he said I just hope he doesn't come I was like okay I do too and so I spend the next two hours like I strum my guitar I walk up in the balcony I kind of adjust I have a little drum machine um like a little <clears throat> drum machine going I get that going I'm a one man band, you know, I walk up, I'm walking up in the balcony, I'm adjusting everything. I listen to them. I, I, I come down, I say something on the microphone. I'm like, I wonder if that's good enough. I'm a judge. It takes me, I'm just up and down <laughs> trying to do this by myself. And as I'm get finally get going, finally like, okay, this is going out. First 500 kids coming needs to be kind of loud or whatever. This old guy so comes out in down the back of the church and he's walking down the back aisle and he's coming down the aisle and he's looking at me. And he's just doing this as he's walking down the aisle. He's just hitting his ears. He's just slamming his ears like this. And he looks at me and he yells something, and I can't really hear it. And he walks up to the balcony, and he everything I've done, all the mixing board, everything, he just pulls it, just turns it all, pulls it all, all down, turns off. He looks at me, and he's yelling at me from the, from the balcony. He goes, young man, young man, I'm the music minister of this church. I will not have music played like this at my church ever. He goes, I'll be running your sound tonight. And I was like, okay. Oh, no. He goes, what do you need? He hasn't said hello, didn't have his name, anything. He has asked me my name. What do you need? And I was like, I was like, well, God, basically what I just basically what I just spent two hours doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, um, I said, I got a drum machine here. He goes, no drums in this church. No drums in this church. I said, okay. And he said, I got, uh, I said, I got an acoustic guitar. I need some guitar. He goes, never, no lie, Jerry. He goes, <laughs> he goes. That's why it's acoustic. You don't plug them in. <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like, okay. He goes, no. He goes, no guitar. He goes, I'll give you a little bit of microphone. Huh. And he goes, just a little bit of microphone. And I'm thinking, I got 500 kids coming. How in the world? I've got just a little bit of microphone. I got no, just a little bit, no acoustic. That's a, truly acoustic. And like, I was like, okay. So then he comes down. He walks down and he said. Uh, he puts his hands on my shoulders, walks up on the stage, like shoulder to shoulder like this, looks straight in the face. He goes, uh, young man, I'm 55 years old, and I still got my hearing because I don't listen to music like you listen to. And uh, and uh, <laughs> he said, and he said, you, and he called me this, and this is a true statement. He goes, you are a bad steward of the human ear. <laughs> and, he, and he kept saying it. He goes, you are being a bad steward of the human ear. The human, he kept saying human ear, like the human ear. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and he walks off and he leaves. And I'm there by myself. The youth pastor is nowhere to be found. He is not anywhere around. He's, he's gone. So it's a concert at 7. It's getting close. It's probably 6.58, 6.59. When I say there's nobody there, there's not one person in the audience. Not one. Not one. And so I look at these pastors and I said, well, 
I said, if they're all, if there's 500 coming, <laughs> they must be coming in one car because <laughs> there's not anybody here. Oh my God. And he said, well, he goes, well, I didn't want to tell you this because I already bought your plane ticket, but I actually, there's this big festival downtown and I actually don't think anybody's going to come and because they're all at this festival downtown. He goes, but just wait, I've, I've uh, made some calls. And I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I've made some calls. So, he said, so sure enough, these seven kids walk in and they walk in and they sit in the very back row. Back right. I'll never forget. I'm going to stand on stage at the back right. They're in the back right, very back row, seven kids. And they sit there and they put, they hold, they, they fold their arms, and they put their heads down and they're just sitting there. And so what he's done is some of his, and he's made them come from the, with all the, from their friends at the festival. He's made them come to this thing and they are so mad. So they come and sit at the very back, just back row, in the in the back, sitting there, not looking at me, not just just with their heads down, like so mad they're there. And so I've got those seven guys, and then I'm about to go on stage, and he says, "Wait," he said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," and the and the door opens, and all these other kids start coming down, and they come to the front, a couple rows, and I was like, "Well, now we're getting somewhere. It's like we've got like we're packing this place in. It's like thirty kids, and they come in. I was like, okay." And I'm not, but something's different. I was like, I something uh, it doesn't fit, does it's just different. And I said, hey man, tell me about these kids. He goes, well, we have the blind and deaf school down the road, and we sent the bus oh, buses over, and we brought all the kids over uh, from the blind and deaf school. That's the Helen Keller. The and Alan so the front Keller's two rows, the front two rows cannot see me or hear me. <laughs> the back row is so mad I'm there, and I've got. Human ear steward running the sound up on the <laughs> up on the thing, and then the youth pastor says, "Okay, man, we're ready." <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! This, this is the guy who has filled stadiums oh. worldwide. The most sung artist. The most sung artist in the world. In the world. And he's, first concert. His first, his first do con- not despise oh. humble that's beginnings. My, Garth, Garth that was Brooke my first concert. Hoss. and garth brooks calls him hoss seriously Uh, (laughs) that is my favorite story is that the tapes by the nachos story yeah i kept waiting for nachos yeah is that the tapes the tapes are by the nachos no it was just a couple it was a couple concerts down from that okay that i played at a a, it was a couple ones after that and if (laughs) if that wasn't like humble enough that wasn't like i'm gonna put you down enough here's the next one I'm, I'm, I do a, a fifth quarter, which they did in Texas. It was like after the football game, yeah. you go, the youth group comes and goes a thing. Well, there was about um, six people there. Six, <laughs> and I remember six people showed up and it was uh, me. And the guy grabs a microphone and to introduce me, the youth pastor. I'm like, there's, uh, there's six people right here. We don't need a mic. We can just, we can all go, we can all get a booth at the Dairy Queen. We don't even need, like, he's like, six people. He's like, hey guys, it's so good to have Chris Tomlin here with us tonight. It's going to be, it's going to be a great night. And he just, there are just six kids. And he's like, it's going to be a great night. He goes, uh, he goes, he's got tapes in the back. If y'all want them, he goes, I've heard it. It's pretty good. He said, they're over by the nachos. He goes, uh, so if you want the tapes by the nachos, pretty good. He goes, would you welcome Chris Tomlin? And I. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I wish oh I'd known that gosh. before the first time we ever introduced you uh, live. That would have taken all the pressure that off. That would have been hilarious. All right. We'll talk to him about y'all's oh, ongoing mercy. day at the country. I just needed to put a period at the end of the sentence because every interview I've ever done with you, I always end the interview by asking you if your dreams come true of getting to do a country album. And you always say, no, record label's not going to go for it yet. <laughs> and now you've went and sort of done a backdoor deal. You did it your way. Yes. <laughs> I did it my way. Yes. It's my did it my way. Hey, Jared, we did this with never told the labels. Like, ah. like Tyler, Thomas, all these. We never even told them. We just made the, made it. And can you imagine the fiasco we went through trying to get this oh. thing out? Oh, yeah. my gosh. And then for the first single, Chris, I just and I know you and I've texted about this, but and you can tell the story like you're 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 in the Florida and you go in to work out, right? Don't you go in to work out in Tyler, Florida, Georgia yeah, Lines yeah, so, in the gym? Tell, so that, tell story. that story. Yeah, a tell us bit, that really fast. A lot of people won't know that. Yeah, so so this thing had a, at its beginnings around Good Friday, which we can talk about in a minute uh, with Thomas. And then the, the week after that was um, I, I, I finished my tour and I go down to the beach with my family for a week for Florida, little uh, vacation. And I go into the, and I'm in this gym and I go to like exercise in the morning. And there's one other person in there, and it's Tyler Hubbard from Florida Georgia Line. And I was like, um, I recognize him. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't think he would know who I was. Uh, and so I walk up and I said, Hey man, I'm Chris Tomlin. Just want to say, Hey, and uh, I introduced myself. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, he's like, I guess, dude, you don't even know what this means. And I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? He goes, this is full circle in my life. This is so full circle in my life right now. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, bro, this funny. What we just talked about. And he goes, I tell people all the time. There's the t- two people. I'm in two reasons. I'm in music is, Chris Tallman and Garth Brooks. And, uh, and uh, he's, I was like, what? And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah. He said, man, when I was in high school, and obviously I felt my age. He goes, when I was in high school, I was, started, I was, I was all about your music. And I want to be a worship uh, leader in my, in my youth group. So I was doing that all through high school. And then I got to college. He goes, my freshman year of college, this is all, this is happening this fast, too. I have just said hello, by the way. This is, this is how fast it's happened, this conversation. He goes, I, and I get to college. He goes, and I went, and I'm a freshman, and I go to uh, this pa- this conference called Passion, and I'm. And he goes, and I can tell you, I can take you to the very seat where I was sitting, wow. and you were leading worship, and I thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. He goes, I get to college, and I meet, I go to the Bible study at Belmont University in Nashville. I'm going to the Wednesday night Bible study, and this guy's leading worship, and his name is Brian Kelly, and mm-hmm. I walk up and I said, Hey, I think we're supposed to do uh, some music together. I think we're supposed to do this together. So we started as a worship duo. And we were doing playing on on churches church on Wednesday nights, um, and we we're making about a hundred bucks a week. And we we're writing these country songs, and the country song started. There's some some start happening, and the, that the rest is history. We changed our name to Florida Georgia Line, and he said, "But I'm telling you," he said. Then our life exploded, and all the things that come with that. He said, "And, and God's really done been doing a lot in my heart, and doing mm-hmm. doing a lot in me." He goes, and I walk into this gym all the things God's been showing me lately and you're standing here and I just know God is talking to me and telling me that, um, you know, just speaking to me. And I guess I think, because I think we're supposed to make some music together. I think we should write some songs and just, just see what happens. It would be so fun. What he goes, wouldn't it be fun to smash up this whole thing and just like, see what happens. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, that would, I, I, I couldn't believe that. This was like five minutes in the conversation. So sure enough, the next morning, I was thinking, well, that was an amazing conversation. I'll never hear from Tyler again. The next morning, text from Tyler. Hey, buddy, it was great to meet you yesterday. Uh, you want to start writing songs today? And I was like, okay, let's go. And uh, we started writing these, writing these songs, never thinking 
we were going to be making a record. It wasn't like, hey, let's make a record together or something like that. It was just, let's write some songs and see what it sounds like. And, um, and, that's, and it was just, it was the journey of journeys for me. I just never saw it coming. You couldn't have seen it coming. And, and that was the thing that, because I talked with you, I talked with Anthony, your manager, and I knew that you were riding with them. And I'm like, oh, we've been to his house before. He'll invite us again. Tyler will come over. Thomas Rhett will come over. I'll get to meet Willa Gray, Thomas and uh, uh, Thomas Rhett and his wife, Lauren, who are yeah. just the darlings of country radio. And then COVID yeah. hit. But Chris, Chris Tomlin and Friends, the first single um, with Lady A, multi-weeks at number one. I mean, who could have, you have blazed the trail in so many areas and yet you've done it again. You've done it again. I mean, how does that feel to be sitting at the top of the charts this past year for several weeks with Lady A on on Christian radio? It was, it's crazy, Carmen. And and I can talk to you guys about it because I thought, because you'll get it because we've been doing this so, so long. I thought, you know what? It's 20 years for me. I don't, I'm not sure people want to really hear from me anymore. I was having all those kind of like feelings and uh, this, this coming out of nowhere and these songs was just like, Whoa, I did not see this coming. I sit down with lady a and to write with them. And I've known Hillary and Dave, but I didn't know Charles that well. And here's, I walked in the room and Charles is like, Hey, um, I don't feel like I should really belong in this room. I guess I've kind of been a skeptic for so long and uh, I don't even know what I'm here, but I just tell you, he goes, God's been doing a lot in my life. And um, he said, I've been in a, and he doesn't mind me saying this because mm-hmm. he's, he's said it in many interviews. He goes, I've been in a really rough place the last mm-hmm. year. He goes, I've kind of hit the bottom. And um, he said, and I have found God to be very personal in a mm-hmm. way I never knew. And it's more than just these Sunday school stories that I heard all my mm-hmm. life. And uh, he said, so I'd like to, if we wrote any kind of song, I'd like to write that. If and uh, these these words started, um, some people think you're distant, just some words on a page that you're nothing more than fables handed down along the way. Mm. But I've seen you part the waters when no one else could pull me from the deep. Mm. That's who you are to me. And it's like it just started this song and the song one hour we had written a song Dem- demo done. I was like and they and, and they said, we've, we've never written a song this fast. I don't think we've ever been more excited about a song. It just kind of came. It was this thing. And so every, at every turn on this album, every song has this, has a, I could just tell it, go down the list. It's just got so many things to what, I just felt like I, the whole record, I was in this river and just God was just taking it. And I was going and I was like, I don't know where it's turning, but what's coming next? What's coming tomorrow with this album and what songs are coming tomorrow? So it's been, it's so beautiful. Mm. Well, let's talk about the current single with Thomas Rhett, because truly I mentioned it a couple minutes ago, Thomas Rhett and Lauren Aikens, just following their story and their adoption story. And now they've had two baby girls and they are, they're like, they're just the little darlings of country yes. music. And it's like, I want to be, I want to be their friends, you know? Um, so yeah. talk about the song with Thomas Rhett, the God, uh, God who listens. That's great. Thank you for I'm so excited to talk about this because Thomas is, he's, he's, he is amazing guy. And, uh, and I met, and can I back up and say yeah. how we met? Is yeah. it okay? And 100%. Tell us everything. So, so, so good Friday of, uh, 2019, um, the year before last year that, um, obviously canceled, but good Friday, I was going to, I wanted to have a, like I said, some kind of guest artist on there. And that no one sees a surprise. And I thought Thomas would be perfect. I didn't know Thomas. I'd love to get to know him. I didn't know him. And I thought, I got to reach out to him. 
he'd be perfect. He has the same heart. I know he has a heart for the Lord and has heart for kids and this would be perfect. I went to his manager, emailed nothing. I said, I wrote a letter, nothing, got nothing back ever. And I was like, okay, well that didn't work. I get to good Friday, 2019, the day, the concert, and I'm doing a sound check and I walk off a sound check at the event and my road manager grabs me and says, Hey, Thomas Red's backstage and he wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? And I walk backstage and Thomas standing there. He's like, bro. And the, and the arena has this rehearsal space. And he goes, I'm in the rehearsal space over there working on my tour, this country tour for the summer. And he goes, and I heard your voice over the PA. Mm. And I thought, I got to come meet you. Your music has meant so much to me for so long. And uh, this is what we kind of we listen to in the house with the kids. And I was like, I cannot believe this, Thomas. You're not going to believe this. For the last like three, four months, I've tried to reach out to you to get a hold of you to do this very night with me. And he said, are you kidding me? And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, my gosh, bro. We got it. We got to connect with. And the same thing with Tyler. He goes, we need to write songs. What if we write a song together? What if we did? What if we did some songs together? I was like, I was like, well, let's do it. The next week, he sends me "Be a Light." He goes, I got this idea called "Be a Light." What if you and I did it together? We could get some other artists on there. And obviously, it was Reba and Keith Urban, those mm-hmm. people. But that started this thing. And then the next, and then he's like, what if we let's? He goes, let's just let's write something. Let's get together and write something. So we sit down. First time we've really ever been in the room together for longer than 15, 20 minutes and our guitars. And he said, you know what? He goes, my past, something my pastor's been saying recently that I just can't shake. And I think it could be an amazing song. And it's that we, he goes, the difference maker of our faith is that we, we pray to a God who, when we're mm-hmm. speaking to God, we're actually speaking to a God who listens of all the, of all the gods, of all the idols, of all the names that people call on, on the world. You're speaking to a living God mm. who listens and yet who created all things, who is who make who is the creator of the stars and the mountains and the oceans. And you feel very small. And, and when you think of all the creation, how big, and how other and how holy and how unapproachable in a way is this God. Yeah, he draws says he draws close to you and calls you a friend and listens to you and listens to little old you. <laughs> and he goes. I just, I goes, that's just a miracle. He goes, let's just write, let's just think about that and write that. And so that first little, as country, as it would be in country, I'm not just hoping, I'm not just wishing. I know I'm praying to a God who listens. Mm. It just kind of started this idea. And uh, I think that's a beautiful reminder. Obviously we know that, but it's a really good thing to be reminded that when we're praying, when we're speaking to God, when we're, what, what this is all about, our relationship, we're not just speaking to walls, we're not just speaking to air we're speaking to a living god who listens and so it's awesome to be on this with thomas and and i told him we were releasing this um song and i said i think this is the one i want to go with he said he called me a couple weeks ago and he said i just he goes i gotta tell you i've never been more excited Mm. than any single i've ever had in Mm. any of my music he said this is because i'm really he goes i'm really excited to be on this with you and have my voice saying these words and uh, it was just really sweet. So. Oh. Chris, yeah. you've got to, when we can start traveling again, will you please come be on the show with us one morning and please bring him with you? <laughs> yes. Sure, put him in your suitcase. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my gosh, so to have Thomas Rhett or even Tyler yeah. or someone oh, yeah. like that. Garth, if you think Garth, of it. Garth, if you can talk Garth into it. But it's just, I don't know, and we've talked about it. It's just my world's colliding because I started in country music and so many 
of those country artists, they had genuine faith. I mean, I can remember sitting with Keith Urban when he was the Mm. opening act for Tim and Faith, and you'll love this story. So he's the opening act for Tim and Faith. I thought we were going to get Tim and Faith that morning because they had a show that night, and they said, oh, Tim and Faith are going to be in. Well, Tim and Faith, their plane was late. They were, you know, doing private plane in. And my program director at the time in country radio, he he came in, he goes, well, Tim and Faith can't be here, but we've got the opening act. His name is his name's Keith Urban. Well, Miss Judy Attitude over here, like I started pitching a fit. I was like, I don't want him. I want Tim McGraw. Keith who? I mean, and he ended up being Keith Urban. And at that point, he just had the first single where the black top ends. That was his his first single. But all that to say, I remember yeah. standing in the studio talking to Keith and he he wrote about this too uh, some of his addiction stuff that he's had but so many of these Christian yes. artists Reba Keith Urban they had genuine faith but because of country music people yeah, yeah. really didn't see that side to them so for you to be able to bring this yeah. out in them is just I this I have been giddy over this whole record and just the fact that you are just you're doing this with them it's just really really cool it's really cool and I love that it wasn't yeah, and it wasn't like a, you know, crossover, my crossover moment of going into country music. It's more bringing them, them to us, these guys this way, because the way it happened, they're all like, hey, man, we want to we want to come and share our faith like with uh, mm-hmm. in, in songs. And so that's been really funny and fun and just write writing. And and I tell you, my writing with these guys and in and, and the room was like with these songwriters. Good night. It's like it's so fun because it's just a different they see it see it different from way country music is and just the way they say things. And, and it's just, it's been really isn't fun. It, so I'm, it, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled with the songs. And you know, you talk about, and I'm going to be quiet. It's just the country thing. Oh, I know, I'm, it's great. Sorry. I'm going to let them talk here in a minute. I, what you go, I, girl. Yeah. No, what I love about it too, Chris, is that it makes me sad to hear you say a couple of minutes ago, the thoughts that you were starting to have is, Oh, they don't want to hear from me anymore. And for God to give you a brand new season, like we always say in our lives, the mm-hmm. best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And I've even thought about it with the morning show. I tell Dave and Bill all the time, we've crested the hill. Like we've crested the hill. I think about our best years being behind us. So how does it feel for but you? But we don't believe that. No, they we, don't believe we it. We have had to wrestle with those things, but, but we, we have. do not believe it. So sitting where you sit, having the career that you've had, and then to have this new season, again, you're doing things that no one else in our format has done. How does that feel? I mean, does it just feel like a rebirth or like to talk about that, your moments with the Lord? Yeah, it's, it was very real. I mean, I've had it with my wife. It, we're just sitting there talking, Lauren. I was like, you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I've, and you feel like I've. Try, I've written every song I could ever write, that kind of thing. And you're just, and you're just like, you know, you're not the, you're not the, you, you battle with that. Well, you're not the new kid. You'll never have new sound, never have new music because you've had 20 years of music and all those things. And that you, that you battle I'm like, okay, what's the next, what's the next path? And then this comes out of the blue. And especially in that moment, and it's just God's way for me of just like, there's so much more to, there's so much more to say. And there's so much more influence than I ever dreamed. Like, I would have never dreamed like that's the thing that this showed me like Florida, like Florida, Georgia line, right? The party band of party bands. This is not like, you know, there's some, you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of safer artists <laughs> and of all of all the people to say your music has influenced me so much and brought me to Jesus. And like, let's do some music together. I was, I was like, what? I wouldn't even think you would know who I am much less that it's been a big influence in your life. And, 
And I think that it's been a real encouragement to me is to see like all the stories of on this record of Russell Dickerson's on this record. Okay. He was on, he was my tour. He was my guitar tech for three years on the road before he became a country star. And then these other guys, Chris Lane and Brett Young and these guys, these newer guys who are like, Hey, Brett Young. I said, he goes, my dad is a pastor at Calvary Chapel in, in California. He goes, and I was a worship leader of the youth, youth group because I've done every one of your songs for so long. And, he goes, it's so cool for me to be, do this, do this record. And, I, and I, it's just like, it's just those moments where you're like, wow, I, you, you know, you do, I don't ever think of my music as having this effect on people like this or having this influence. And so it just is encourages you for the next season of like whatever God has. And, um, and, you know, I'm just so grateful. I think it, you leave just so, being so grateful for those stories and mm-hmm. how the songs have helped people and connected with people. Isn't it full circle though, back to, talking about me bugging you about you get to do your dream yet did you get to do your dream yet but isn't that the way that god gives gifts is everything we joked about about yeah one day maybe i can do my my love of doing a country album he gave it back to you but better than you had planned yeah can you i mean that's exactly right i mean this record is better than anything i could ever make by myself and you know i would never make it anything like this and think full circle too. My, my, I think my dad putting a guitar in my hand when I was nine mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. and saying, here's the, here's the, here it's Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard and, <laughs> and Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash, the outlaws. That's what he's like. That's yeah. all my dad cared about. <laughs> and like, and, and I, when I, when I sent this record to him, he's like, finally. <laughs> he's like, That's so good. That is great. We got kind of a theme going here a little bit with these origin stories and firsts. So a couple of just quick questions that maybe if anything comes to mind, First time, Chris, do you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I can remember it was, I think I was in uh, the Woodlands. I lived in the Woodlands, north of Houston, Texas. And um, I, I, I got played on the Sunday morning KSBJ uh, Sunday morning show. This was before, and it was like I'd sent some, um, for, I had like a little first version of Forever. Give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. That that one. And um, and I remember hearing on the Sunday morning like praise. I think they call it Sunday morning praise. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. And uh, that was uh, that was my first memory. I, think I can remember. Mm. How about your first number one? You remember how you reacted to that or or where you were? Indescribable. Mm-hmm. And. What I loved about that, it was I had two records of songs that I had sent to radio. This is my that was my third record, and the for those those first two records were songs like um, uh, "Forever" and "The Wonderful Cross" and "We Fall Down" and all these church songs that they were like, "Hey, that doesn't really work on Christian radio. That's Sunday morning, those Sunday morning hour mm-hmm. things, you know, that we play on the radio. We don't play that in the regular format." And I remember all those things, and I was like, I was like, oh man, I didn't even know how to write on something else like that, and. I remember finishing the album for of arriving, which had "Holy is the Lord, Your grace is enough, and How great is our God." And those songs, and I turned it in, and my and the radio people came. I mean, my label came back to me and said, "I think you need something that kicks the door open for you and radio. You've got the church is playing all your songs, but radio doesn't play your songs. Hmm. We've got this song here that." And Ed Cash called me and said, "Man, I got this song here that I've been sitting with that no one will record. It's called Indescribable, written by this girl named Laura Story." And, he said, "Why don't can I send it to you?" And he sent it to me, and I listened. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what?" And I'd never really recorded somebody else's song at that point. I was like, "That sounds unbelievable." And I was like, "Let me, let me, let me try that." 
And sure enough, we released that and it was, it opened, it busted the door open on what radio has been for me for a, almost two decades now of like, you know, it was like after that, they're like, Hey, what else you got? I'm like, well, I've, I've had lots of songs. And so I, you know, it was like all these, uh, it was really fun. And so that indescribable was a, that will always be really special mm. to me for mm. that reason. It's a great song. Mm. All right. One more first. And this is probably the most important one. The time that you looked at Lauren and you thought to yourself, this is more than just, this is going somewhere. This is going to be forever. <laughs> oh, you guys will love this. So I it think was, I uh, know the story. I think I've heard Lauren tell it. Well, it was, uh, yeah, it, 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 for me, it had to be losing her. Yes. And, yep. um, and, and so when I finally, Chris, you are the biggest idiot in the history of guys. I mean, this is like you, I mean, this was the greatest thing ever. And so I got up the guts to say, Hey, call her up. And I knew, cause I knew if I got back with her, like mm-hmm. you said, if I'm going back, mm-hmm. I can't just, not just like, let's just date around. This is for real. Cause, cause I'd lost her cause I was not serious. And so I can't come back and not be like this. I know this is the thing. So I had made up my mind that this was the girl. So I, I got a phone and said, Hey, can I come by? And I want to come by and talk. I got a lot of things I want to tell you. A lot of things I want to say to you. Can I come by? And she said, the phone's fine. <laughs> the phone's fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. So on the phone, I was just like, because she had, she had really, I really frustrated me and it like it. And I think she had gotten past me. So I poured out my whole heart and mm. she just said, well, um, that's really great, but I'm over you. And I was like, and she goes, it's taking me a long time. And uh, she said, I got, um, she said, I'm with somebody else now and looks like we're going to be engaged. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what did. I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, well, then I tried again. And I said, coming in on the phone as hard as I could. I was like, well, yeah, she goes, I told you I'm over you. And, uh, and, and I, and I kept saying, well, he ain't me. That was my, I remember that was my, that was my phrase. Well, he ain't me. I need to write that country song, right? He ain't yeah, me. He ain't well, he ain't me. me. He ain't me. And, uh, and, uh, she's like, look. And so she wouldn't have it. So would, I, so I hung up the phone thinking it was over. Or that was it. And, but I wouldn't give up. I just would send these little texts, like these little, like fishing, yes. <laughs> fishing bill. I'd send these little texts out and uh, she never would respond to any of them, but I didn't care. And then one, I, the one, I, one I sent out. It's like hope everything's going good with adventures. Your adventures of the heart. Adventures of the heart was her parents' ministry that she worked for. I just said I wasn't. I just said I hope, hope everything's going good with your adventures of the heart and all that. And she sends back a text immediately. Says and it just said, "How did you know? You must have quite an entourage." And I was, I was thinking, man, she sent this text to the wrong person. I don't know what she's talking about. So I, so I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She goes, oh, well, uh, me and my boyfriend, we just broke up. And, uh, um, and you texted like immediately. And, like, and, and she goes, and I thought you were the biggest jerk because you said, how is it with your adventures of the heart? And uh, um, she goes, I thought you were just being the biggest jerk I've ever met. And I was like, I was like actually, I had no idea. And I, I was just talking about your parents' ministry. And she's like, um, I was like, and this is the greatest day of my life, basically. Um, so let's let, let's get together. And she was like, "Well, I'm not ready for that, but give me give me a little time." And so about two, she was hard, man. Two or three months later, she said, "Okay." And I remember we went down to this restaurant, met at this restaurant, and 
in Atlanta. And we, it was one of those moments, you know, we literally closed it down. I mean, seriously, the, the, the manager of the restaurant said, y'all have to leave. I mean, we ever, <laughs> I looked around all the tables, all the chairs were on the tables. Everybody was gone. Mm. We didn't, we were just in, we were like, this is, this is, you know, it was just everything. So that great. was the moment. And we knew that was really special. So great. Wow. Oh, I love Lauren. I miss Lauren. Yeah. You got a beautiful family. Yes. Will you please tell her that we said hi? Oh, well, I will do that. She loves, she'll love to hear that. She's a, she, she's a champion mom. She's a super mom. She's yeah. uh, she's, she's, she's carrying a lot right now. So yeah. Grateful mm. for her. Yeah. Just tell her phone's fine. <laughs> you can tell her over the phone. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that yeah. the best? Phone's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, Chris, it's been so good catching up with you. It really has. And we're just so proud of you and we're so happy for you. I didn't get to thank you, Lord. That was the only thing left that I wanted to ask you about. But you know how much uh-huh. I love that song. Goodness gracious. Maybe we can maybe we can talk about that um and another time. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to talk about. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. Just and that's that is on my workout mix. I work out to that song. So fun. Yeah, it is fun. So fun. Oh my gosh, I love Chris Tomlin. He is one of my favorites. And I tell you what, just hanging out with him for an hour on Zoom just really made us all realize how much we miss him and just getting together. And oh my goodness, tapes by the nachos. I will laugh about that forever. Thank you for listening to this episode of Off Air with Carmen. If you would like to share it with a friend, I would love that. Or maybe you could post about it, put it in your Insta stories or on Instagram and tag it so other folks can see it. And if you get a couple of minutes, I'd love for you to go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. And of course, I hope it will be a good one. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next week.